Hello, welcome to your weekly grad cast. It's 6 p.m. on a Tuesday, and that means it's time to check in with the research that the wonderful graduate students here at the University of Western Ontario have been doing. I am your host for tonight. My name is Eamon Chen, and join me for the very first time on this side of the interviewer's chair is one of our newest GradCast uh, committee members, Greg Robinson. How are you doing, Greg? I'm pretty good. How are you? Oh, lovely. This is going to be a excellent show. We have a good friend of mine here. We are speaking with Mr. Ryan Schroeder. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. All right. So, Ryan, you are... Oh, this is your like second year in the master's program. Yeah, it's my that's second right. year. Yeah. In the uh, Faculty of Information and Media Studies. Correct, yeah, specifically media studies. Specifically yeah. in media studies. Mm-hmm. So for our listeners out there, uh, what is media studies? <laughs> that's a good question. I've yet to, to gain purchase on that myself. Oh, gee. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's an interdisciplinary field. So, okay. Yeah, it you know, pulls from a lot of the, the social sciences and the humanities towards the, uh, the analysis of different um, media objects and, uh, and technologies. So is that sort of your way of saying you sit around watching movies all day? <laughs> Personally, me, yes. But it's varied. It's very... It's very uh, Diverse, I guess you could say. The type okay. of scholarship that happens in that faculty goes from one end of the spectrum to the other. But, I mean, seriously, though, your research does involve film and movie and, yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah, 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 specifically. Um, right. Yeah, a little different than, say, like a film studies type uh, type of research. Um, it's more of a sociocultural type of analysis of film. Yeah, that's what I do. Okay, so... Um, in sort of a nutshell, can you give us a little idea of what it is you do here at the University of Western Ontario in the Faculty of Information and Media Studies? In terms of my research specifically, you mean? Uh, that's right. Yeah, okay. Um, my research focuses on the, the, the representation of violent masculinity in contemporary film. All right. What does that mean? Hmm. Could you break it down for us yeah, a little bit? Let's start so, so representation <laughs> yeah. of violent masculinity yeah okay so um specific interest in how masculinity is portrayed in uh in in film specifically as a type of media within the past 10 years that's what i'm looking at violent masculinity insofar as i'm looking at how masculinity is articulated through acts of violence and how those acts of violence themselves articulate what it means to be a man and how this is sort of taken up by the film industry to disperse these like widespread notions of of how it is we we are supposed to act in our gendered roles and so masculinity in film it's mm-hmm. changed over time yes. do you study any of these changes yes yes um it's it's not necessarily um a historical analysis that i'm doing but for context uh, I have to draw on this, the history of film and how masculinities have been sort of uh, established and portrayed uh, through the film industry. I'm focusing specifically on Hollywood. So that's another thing that's important is like these sorts of portrayals differ culturally, right? Yeah, yeah. definitely. So looking at how, say, masculinities have been uh, represented or portrayed, say, uh, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago compared to today, that gives context to my yeah. research. Yeah. And has there been a major change within such a short period of time? Um, I, I, that's what I'm arguing, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I've seen, I've noticed, I guess, um, a rise in, in a moment, if you will, 
I wouldn't necessarily call it a genre or a subgenre. I think it's uh, there's there's not enough holding it together there. And I think you know when you start getting into defining things in terms of categories like that, it becomes very diffuse. So um, I'm, I've been defining it as a moment in film that's kind of arose uh, after the 2008 financial crisis. That's how I'm looking at it. Anyways. Okay. Yeah. And so each one of us, we probably have a favorite film or just a film early on in our life that's formed maybe help form who we are yeah is there a specific film that's maybe guided you towards this research oh that's that's a really good question um i really yes i agree with that point i think films do have major impacts in our lives especially you know growing up um (laughs) uh you know i watched a lot of uh i did watch a lot of action movies with uh with my father growing up you know the 80s schwarzenegger uh you know van damme chuck norris type uh type films uh, and uh, and I think that's something that that has always stuck stuck with me, and uh, I wouldn't say they necessarily defined um, my research. I would say my research is almost defined like antithetically uh, towards that. So what I'm I guess what I've noticed is that uh, is that the way f- certain films have been produced recently is is kind of problematizing that those those traditional male tropes that we've seen come up in and out of Hollywood. And which specific traditional male stereotypes and yeah. tropes are you looking at? Um, the strong man. That's one way of looking at it. I mean, uh, there's no way of talking about certain, uh, a masculinity in, in, a, in a holistic sense, right? But certain um, images in, in, a, in a sort of like a signification sense come out of a certain time eras, right? So out of this time era, like the 80s, uh, bridging into the 90s, it was a lot about... Uh, Could you give us some character examples? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like Arnold Schwarzenegger, for example, yeah. right? Uh, like the, those, those men that I just uh, mentioned, Stallone. Yeah, so like literally strong men with lots of muscles. <laughs> yeah, with lots of muscle, right? Right? Yeah. Um, that are supposed to be um, impervious yeah. to, to any sort of like uh, physical intervention. They're right. supposed they... to rise above the odds, feel no pain physically and emotionally. Right. This is supposed to be the prototype of a new man coming into a new era out of the 80s, the Reagan 80s. Right. Um, and so watching these movies and growing up to these movies, this mm-hmm. probably has a profound effect on people. I would say so. Yes. Yeah. And so now that it's changed... Is it a, a benefit or is it maybe a consequence? I I'd say it's um, it's a bit of both. I would like to think it's it's a benefit. Um, I think a lot of things have happened uh, that have made these sorts of uh, the these sorts of ways of, of of representing and talking about masculinity seem very. Uh, obtuse or just unrealistic and uh, I think the box gotta stop somewhere because it's not like we we can't just be continuing on this this road towards like you know self-annihilation and emotional annihilation well you're talking about changes since Mm -hmm. the 80s in in film and how masculinity is portrayed can you tell us a little bit about like what are these changes that you've been seeing because you know I've been watching a lot of uh, films starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson, mm-hmm. and you know, in my mind, that he, he's very much in the same uh, sort of stereotype as the big muscle man, and oh, yeah. like uh, maybe even bigger, even bigger, even yeah. And he was a wrestler too, and mm-hmm. uh, and I remember seeing uh, recently The Meg starring Jason Statham in a really <laughs> big shark, and I mean that was just a lot of machismo, and yeah. I, I was waiting for him to like literally punch the shark, but you know yeah. that never happens, which. 
spoilers, sorry, but uh, it was still very enjoyable. But again, uh, what are these differences in in, in yeah. how men are portrayed in film that you're seeing here? Now, I'm not saying there's um, there's some wide sweeping change. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that I have noticed. So, an element out of a particular time that is has risen up and has become very, in my opinion, subversive towards the patriarchy, which I don't think we typically see in film. It's something that uh, reiterates or reifies a sort of like the dominant cultural norms that we're used to, especially out of you know Hollywood, you know, huge, you know, money making industry, right? Serves to reproduce the the economic status quo. Okay, so before I get you to define all those terms yeah, you, yeah. Just, you just used there, <laughs> can you give an example of one of these films yeah. um, that do these things you just said? No, oh, that's uh, subverts. Um, I'm trying to think of a more popular one. The films that I'm working on, specifically, if I was to name a few, would be uh, Out of the Furnace. That's one of them. Okay. Uh, the Place Beyond the Pines. That's with Ryan Gosling. Um, Warrior. That's got Tom Hardy. Okay. Yeah, and uh, naming some great movies here. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't seen any of them, so they're go- they're, that's my taste, apparently. <laughs> right. So you've given us these examples of these films that you you're working with that you're mm-hmm. studying. Um, so how do these films represent this this change, this shift in how masculinity is portrayed that you, you've been talking about? Oh yeah, the, this right. subversion. Yeah, you, because you were saying. Yeah, yeah, because like we're still seeing these the, this cultural sort of like uh, hangover, I guess, <laughs> if you will. You know, the, okay. the Expendables movies. Let's throw all these you know major action films from the eighties in, oh, right, into yeah. films together. Let's milk as much money as we can from it, and you know. So I mean, this the, this is still carrying on. But uh, some of them have failed. Yeah, exactly. There's many been many of them failures, have. Yeah. yeah, and it's it, it's not it's not working to the same level. And I think yeah. there's a level level of uh, of uh, irony or something in it. People go to enjoy how bad a lot of these is. Where I don't think this was exactly the thing at the time when a lot of these uh, you know action movies were coming out in the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like look at the new superhero movies like Deadpool. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's yeah. Not your typical superhero movie. And right. it's, yeah, exactly. It's Ryan Reynolds, yeah. right? Exactly. He's not the biggest, most jacked guy there, but no. it's it's a comedy instead. Yeah, exactly. And it, it may, kind of makes a joke about, you know, the impervious male uh, male right. figure, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's not, you know, one of the films in our mind now, but we could analyze it <laughs> okay. that way if we wanted to. But a lot of, you know, superhero movies, they do carry forward this uh, these sorts of, uh, I guess, typified ways of, of showing a masculinity. Um like uh, I guess Captain America, that's one of them. We can okay, so like sort like of that. big, strong, perfect man. Yeah, but these are also thing. ideas that were like they were forged way back, you know. Okay. P- post, you know, World War Two, Cold War era stuff. So they're just kind of like um, reconfigurations of these old ideas, I guess. So, so this is sort of like the hangover effect you were talking about. Yeah. What about um, the subversion? So first, like, yeah. w- what does it mean to subvert something? That's a good question. Um, to subvert it. Um, I would say is to uh, to like another word would be to problematize it to to point out its flaws to be critical about something right okay. it's not just about dismantling the entire system whatever it may be what I'm talking about being patriarchy mm-hmm. um, but it's to uh, to to stir it up a bit um, maybe point out a few of the critical errors in something and raise awareness about the flaws in a particular uh, subject or, or system. So in a way, are, are these films that you're working on, that mm-hmm. you're, you're analyzing, um, are they sort of grappling with the idea that 
been in our society for you know uh, ages and ages mm-hmm. of sort of what it means to be a man. Yeah. And they're sort of poking holes in what traditionally we understand, you know, what it means to be masculine, to be a man, yes. and and uh, looking at what potential problems or consequences acting that way might might have. Yeah, yeah. I think a bit of it is it's about raising awareness, and I think a, another part of it is about a response to the change that's been happening, rapid social change. Um, in part, I mean, feminism has a has a lot to play in this regard. Um, it's had a massive impact on uh, on our culture here in, in the West, um, you know, since its inception and its uh, various, I guess, uh, versions, if you will. Um, and I think you know that's had a lot of change, but also there's been a lot of uh, political, economic change, and and uh, and social change that's ha- that has happened as well, which. I mean, coming out of like what I was saying out of the the 2008 financial crisis, where a lot of uh, a lot of the middle class and the working class got pushed down, right, even okay. lower than they were. It uh, it had a massive effect on a lot of families. There's a lot of crisis, and out of this, there is um, unavoidably a crisis of masculinity, which is being taken up in many of these films that I'm talking about. Well, how how so? Like, um, what what does it mean to have a crisis of masculinity? And, and how does a financial crash sort of mm-hmm. create that? Yeah, I think uh, that's a good question. Uh, one reason that uh, I'd say it's the biggest reason mm-hmm. that, uh, that sort of economics is tied to masculine power is that it, it's, it's just that. It's that, you know, having control over the economy gives men power. And, we, you know, we, we talk about this in terms of the gender wage gap and uh, et cetera. And, you know, it is a, it is a thing, but it's also it, it's something that it doesn't just give masculinity power, but masculinity's power is, is it's dependent on that. So when that's taken away... Um, that when that power is lost, so is an aspect of that male identity. So are you saying sort of like one way to maybe look at this is the traditional image of the, the man of the household as mm-hmm. like the, the breadwinner, the one who earns the money and in some yeah, situation, coming out of the 50s. And, right? Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and if there's a financial cl- uh, crash, like it w- it's much harder. They can't fulfill that role of earning money to support their family and therefore it calls their like masculinity into question. They, mm-hmm. they can't provide. Like the man of the house. Exactly. Yeah. And then what are you? Yeah, exactly. If you can't provide then then what are you? Right? Okay. I mean these are these are very common ways of, of, of explaining the value of, of being a man, I guess, is is to be a provider, to be a protector, right? To be strong and to be, you know, the sturdy oak quote unquote <laughs> um, of a family and when the, when you know a major economic event like that occurs it's and, and there's a lot of people that are affected by a lot of families and a lot of things that are lost houses that are lost you know there there's there's inevitably going to be a, ma- a major identity crisis at the, at the heart of this sort of like um, this this gender order I guess if you if you would yeah so there's been over the last many, many years, there's been a change from people being more materialistic mm. now to being more their thoughts are who they are instead of outward displays um, as being who they are. Do you think this plays a role in the changes in movies you've seen recently, specifically <coughs> after the crash, reinforcing this change? Is Could there maybe more like going on internally? Yeah, exactly. It, 
uh, among like you know real men and, yeah. and also these uh, male characters that are portrayed in the films. And uh, okay, I, I think I see what you're what you're saying. I might not ex- um, address your question directly, but um, I think a lot of the ways that say through film, as we were talking about, how we've learned to become. Uh, a man in many ways which is through the media yeah um as well as you know it's it's through you know you know social relations as well but it's it, it is um we are influenced largely by uh by media media technologies um a lot of the ways that we've learned to to act and behave as men through the media it's we it, it's no longer holding up in a sense i guess there's a growing divide in terms of uh, you know what is realistic Right, these idealations of um, of what it means to be, you know, a, a strong and powerful, what would be called a hegemonic man. Well, I mean, that's that's not realistic now. So I think, out of whether it could be just uh, practicality, <laughs> uh, you know, becomes necessary to to reinterpret, I guess, what it means to to be a man in this in this dominant gender. Or sorry, I was just distracted there. Can we? So what do you mean by hegemonic men? Um, yes, <laughs> another another big word. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, hegemony is a word, a term coined by Antonio Gramsci to talk about the way that culture is used um, by elites to dominate um, subordinate groups. And uh, so when we talk about um, masculinity and being hegemonic, it is that form of masculinity, whatever. Um, is dominant at a particular time, which serves the patriarchal order. So it's that which uh, promotes male dominance, so over women and over subordinate masculinities. And in order to sort of keep this structure of male dominance going, you're, you're saying the, the hegemonic uh, influence is basically trying to convince everybody. Um, who's propping up this structure that this is the way things should be. Yeah, This exactly. is what we should aspire to. This mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, little boys should, boys should be, bo- boys, will, boys will be boys and girls will yeah. get picked on and, yeah. and stuff. And it has this naturalizing influence and makes us think that uh, this is the natural way we're supposed to act and behave, right? So don't question it. Yeah, just don't question it. This is okay. the way it is and... Therefore, think, that's the way it's going to be. Do you yeah. think it's the studios and the directors and the writers that actually dictate this? That's a good question. That's actually a really good question. That That's a bit nebulous right there. I think, you know, there's a way of looking at it from the bottom up or a top-down perspective. I think, um, you know, culture itself, whatever's happening in the culture, influences the sort of products that are generated and are produced, you know, at that time. So if there is a massive crisis, we're going to, I think, see that in the cultural products of that era. Um, you know, it's like, look at, say, Cold War <laughs> yeah. uh, products, right? I mean, it's this sort of stuff is, is, is embedded in there. So is it like it's harmonious? Yeah, in a, it yeah, in a way. So even if the even if the directors, the producers, scriptwriters, whoever, they're, maybe they they're not entirely aware of what they're producing. I think it still impacts that. That being said, I do think that these people the, who these creators, um, they 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 are aware of these things, and I think it is it is a way of of sort of addressing these sorts of uh, of social issues 
in a sense, and bringing them to light. I like to believe that there's some sort of resistance happening there, some sort of like uh, consciousness raising that that happens on a part of some of these films. Certainly not all of them. I certainly don't think all films. A lot of films are just, in many ways, we can call them propaganda. But the ones I'm studying, I think, have this this. I always like to feature to talk about Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. How do you think he will <laughs> play into this? <laughs> you know, I think a lot of what I'm, I'm talking about in my research right now, um, it has a lot to do what's, with what's happening in America. And I think a lot of you know what uh, what Donald Trump has been um, pandering to, I guess, has been a lot of these. Uh, the, the sensibilities that uh, the sensibilities of fear of um, of insecurity that uh, that have arisen out of post 2008 obviously is not uh, <laughs> actually looking to to remedy any of these but he's preying on them right and uh, and we're seeing that and I think you know that is one way in which the media responds to such crises um, politics as well but uh, um, is by doing that and though it doesn't uh doesn't play directly into my research it uh it is something that i i I would say is uh it's drawn along parallel lines i could analyze um films these films very much in that light as well though they weren't actually produced after trump's election so it's hard to growing up um i internalized a certain lesson from the films i watched that Mm -hmm. uh, to be a man we must be uh, as swift as a coursing river uh, with all the force of a great typhoon, um, with all the strength of a raging fire, and yet mysterious as the dark side of the moon. Um, I'm curious, though, with your analysis of these more recent films, um, Mm -hmm. what sort of new vision of masculinity uh, are these films portraying? Like, what does it mean to be a man now yeah. uh, through the lens of these movies you're looking at? Yeah, and uh, that's, I guess, where all this is is, is getting towards is um, what these films are doing, what I'm arguing they're doing, mm-hmm. is, they're, is they're showing how damaging the sort of, the, the ways um, of being a man have been for the past however long, the ways we've been culturally accustomed to behaving as men, um, specifically through aggression and violence. Um, and I think it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a call call to awareness, call to awakening, and part of a lot of these films to show, hey, a lot of a lot of the ways that we act and we behave as men, they're destroying not just other people's lives, but they're destroying our lives as well, as well as the lives of all those around us and all of those that we care about. And I guess the way through that is is just to be um, just to be more aware, I guess, of and more socially and emotionally, I guess, aware of, of uh, what it means not just to be an individual human, not just a man. Yeah. This is really interesting, because normally when we talk about patriarchy mm-hmm. and the effects of it, normally we're looking at women. Mm-hmm. And so you're bringing it back not just about women, mm-hmm. you're talking about men as well as women and the whole culture in, in general. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And um, it's something that's that gets brought up a lot when I talk about this. Um, and... Uh, some people have problems with studying masculinity because because it is you know it is what's dominant right uh, we should be focusing on on um, women's issues and I and I absolutely agree but I think in order to deal with with these problems um, we have to we have to deal with men as well men are at the center we have to unpack that if men are at the center right we have to unpack that figure out what's going on with men why men are the problem 
maybe help fix that to help fix the rest of society. That's sort of like the way I'm approaching this. So in a way, like looking uh, at these films, thinking about what masculinity means in terms of patriarchy and stuff is, is not just good for women, for minorities. It's good for men as well. That's that's the idea. That's what we should we should be improving upon ourselves to improve everything else as men. So Yemen had a, a quote, and I'd like to quote a source as well. Could you say your thesis, you could break it down into check yourself before you wreck yourself? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Um, sure. <laughs> sure, sure. That that sort of, that works. <laughs> I appreciate that. All right. So we, we sort of dance around this subject a little bit when we're talking about formative films. Mm-hmm. Um, could you give us one film uh, from your childhood that sort of taught you how to be the man that you are today? <sighs> or at least influenced you? I think a major film that had some sort of impact was Fight Club, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and I think that was one thing that the film um, attempted to do, but I don't th- think it actually succeed- succeeded in, now that I look back at it, was to to problematize what it means to to be uh, a man in this age. Hmm. Okay. Mean, do you have one movie? Well, I mean, after Fight Club, mine's going to sound kind of lame, but it was The Land Before Time. Mm. I haven't heard of that one. Really? Really. Oh, geez, you're in for a treat, my I'm friend. I'm going to watch it soon. And yours? Mine's The Last Samurai. Wow. Yeah. I feel old. (laughs) (laughs) This is a pretty old movie, though. Okay. Okay. So this is, I think, a good time to stop. We want to say thank you so much to Ryan Schroeder uh, for sharing your research with us. If anyone has any questions or would like to get in contact with you, what would be the best way to do it? Mm. Facebook works. Yeah. Email. That's Ryan Schroeder, Facebook or email? Yeah, that's fine. This is GradCast on 94.9 CHRW. I am Greg, and this is... Yemen. We are your hosts. If you'd like to listen to any of our previous episodes, you can find them on iTunes, and you can find them on Spotify. Also, every Tuesday at 6 p.m., a new episode airs. You can also find us on gradcast.ca and on social media at Gradcast Radio. And one last thing, a shout out to SOG's Graduate Wellness Week 2018, which is happening October 1st to 6th. Check the SOG's website for further details or check out the events page on their uh, Facebook page. This is the production of the Society of Graduate Students. Thanks for listening and have a great evening. Thank you. Have a good night. The GradCast theme tune has been composed for us by Matthew Becker.